Hey everyone, just before we jump into the podcast, I want to let you know about an exclusive trailer we have got to share with you right after today's show. From Blue Wire Studios comes Golden Goal, stories of soccer legends. Each Monday, two new episodes will take a look into some of soccer's biggest stars and the moments that define their careers. It's all narrated by Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's Always Cheating podcast. From Haaland to Zlatan to Messi to Rapone, there are so, so many more that they will be covering. It's going to be fantastic. I'm a big soccer fan, really looking forward to tuning into each one of those. And each episode will focus on historical plays and the personalities that make the sport great. So stay tuned right after the podcast and check out Golden Goal, stories of soccer legends, wherever you get your podcast. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one out, touchdown. This time going deep. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by BetOnline.ag and the FFPC. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Joined once again by Sean Siegel. Sean, we had a good show at the start of the week. Talked a little bit about SFB and how things were going there. On today's show, we're going to dive into a couple of other topics uh, in terms of the pros versus Joes. We're going to talk. We kind of teased that on the show earlier this week and we're going to look through uh, how you attack that at the wide receiver position so thinking about uh, dynasty aspect of that as well so looking forward to looking through that um, in just a moment on the show but uh, how are you doing at this point of the week awesome it's always fun to be involved in the types of leagues tournaments formats that are going on right now it really helps us to get through uh, this challenging time in terms of other things that may be going on in the world or in our own lives and to have fantasy football to have drafts even the season sometimes doesn't quite measure up to just the experience of drafting so having these going is a lot of fun we're going to talk a little bit about dynasty on the show today certainly you have that first wave of dynasty there in january february march people doing startups people then doing rookie drafts after the nfl draft occurs but now that we're getting back into july we're going to have the big second wave where people are getting together with their favorite experts to getting together with their best friends getting together with uh, new acquaintances that they're making online and putting together these dynasty startup leagues for 2020 and even more than redraft this can be a lot of fun right you want to really put together a team that you're going to have with you for a while perhaps you're doing super flex as most people are now we've got such great tools for the super flex and the ffpc has lots of great dynasty leagues for you so if you're wanting to do a format like that you want to trust your metal against some of the other best players you want to get into a little bit of a, a medium stakes type of league then they have some great options and going through the pros versus joes can really help us figure out how we might want to attack that structurally so we'll dive into that today but before we do that we're going to start with the ffpc stat attack which relates a little bit to a trade that curtis and i made and today's focus is going to be on michael thomas he was the 10th player drafted in ffpc best ball leagues last season his 14 percent win rate was one of only three players who were drafted in the first 12 picks to define double digits in terms of win rate and this probably isn't a huge surprise when you consider that christian mccaffrey michael thomas had historic seasons and then travis kelsey had another one of his magnificent seasons at tight end those were the only 
three guys to have double digits in terms of win rates but also among the first 12 players drafted there was only one other guy who was above seven right ezekiel elliott came in at 8.6 everybody else was a seven percent win rate or lower really emphasizing how this idea that you often hear where you can't win your league in the first round but you can lose it well you were almost certainly going to lose it last season if you didn't have those guys because you actually could win your league in the first round in many cases you needed to win your league in the first round with just how good those guys were so michael thomas 14 percent win rate last year after a 10 percent win rate the previous year 68 percent top six percentage so that gives you a little bit of a feel for where he was in best ball last year that's our ffpc stat attack of the day we're going to go into his dynasty prospects here in a moment and of course that brought to you by the ffpc and they are the home of the best fantasy football leagues and contests in the industry including dynasty best ball and of course the world famous ffpc main event to learn more or to join the league today head on over to myffpc.com that's myffpc.com and of course as always check out those tools up on the website we'll be talking a little bit about those as we sprinkle them in throughout today's show sean the ffpc league that you have been involved in with curtis this i i've been following this along with curtis on on twitter as he tweets out the, the different picks the different trades the different decisions um if anyone hasn't been following along with curtis's uh, twitter feed it's definitely one that i would highly highly recommend lots of good stuff in there outside of this but uh, including this I, I really enjoyed following along um some of the interesting parts i suppose you know we'll, we'll dive in i know you have a couple of questions for me regarding it but um some big big moves um that you have made over the last couple of days uh over the last couple of weeks i guess if you could pick one of the moves that you made or one of the picks is there a is there a preferred pick or a you know the pick you're happiest with that you know you look back with it so far with the most fondness well i i think my my favorite picks may be the ones that we made late and we'll get to that here in a minute it's hard to decide between these trades right we had the move that allowed us to get dalvin cook then we had the move that allowed us to get back in there and take Dak prescott certainly a big uh a big development for any sort of league that has that super flex to be able to have that top end guy we think prescott will continue to emerge this season with the weapons that he has at his disposal we talked about the newton trade on tuesday and there were a little bit of sort of aftershocks to that in that that 912 that we got as part of that move then featured in a trade that happened not that long after this and this was the move from michael thomas right so anytime that you're moving for a guy who just had a historic season a guy who is the clear-cut wide receiver one you're going to have to give up something meaningful to get that back we traded away jonathan taylor favorite from the show uh, certainly someone who could be a top five pick in next season dynasty startup so you're giving up a guy with a ceiling that you almost can't see from where we are i mean he's he's that good threw in that 912 threw in a 2021 round one now some concerns with whether or not the college football season will happen and if it doesn't does that knock down the value of those 2021 picks I personally believe that just the guys who came back, when you consider some of those top running backs, we know some of the wide receivers who are going to move and become draft eligible. We know a couple of those top QBs. Anytime you're playing in a super flex league where the QBs fill out the value in that round one, all of those round one picks are going to be 
at a premium to give that up even for michael thomas is a little bit tricky we talk about the 912 we got back the 1307 we were on the clock at the 912 we made the trade we would have picked jarvis landry given ourselves a t- a wide receiver whom both Curtis and I believe is, I don't know, wildly undervalued is quite the right statement, but certainly undervalued based on both his history and where, and where he's going to go from here. Jarvis Landry, one of the toughest receivers in the league, one of the most consistent receivers in the league, certainly looked like he was going to be a better fit in Cleveland after an initial season that was disappointing, right? So, Instead of getting Landry, we grab Chase Claypool later. I like that pick. I think that uh, he's got sort of a weird ADP. You're talking about someone who was the 49th overall pick who has a freak score that matches DK Metcalf, the only guy there between him and Calvin Johnson, the two of them tied. You have this physical freak in an offense where if Ben Roethlisberger is able to come back and if he's able to play for a couple of seasons, then you're looking at Claypool being someone who just takes a rocket ship up in terms of where his ADP is. At the same time, there's no question that you've got a massive gap between Landry and Claypool in terms of what they're going to do this next season. So we gave up a lot. We get back Michael Thomas. When you look at Michael Thomas a little bit older, maybe than people realize Drew Brees going into perhaps his final season. There's uncertainty after that. We know that Michael Thomas performed well with Teddy Bridgewater last season. That doesn't necessarily mean that anybody can go in there and suddenly have him at the wide receiver one. Colin, what do you think of this trade? We love Jonathan Taylor, and so it was heartbreaking in a way to part with him. But at this point, we had such a big split between where we were at running back and where we were at wide receiver that we went ahead and made the move do you like this trade or is this too much to give up i think based on how the team was uh, developing i think it was you know the right trade to make i think it really comes down to as well if you look at the way your team is now starting to build um you know it, it obviously will have a long-term aspect too but this really is turning into a team that you'd be expecting to challenge from year one um, and then obviously having michael thomas in that lineup is going to help booster that quite a bit so if you can challenge then that uh 2020 round one pick and this obviously is everyone's expectation when you're going into a draft that your pick is going to be the late pick in the future year and so on but the way the team's developing with the players that are in there that would be first and second round talents i think you're going to be in with a shot at challenging this year which means that uh, i think that it's a smart move to make based on that now if you're looking for the more long-term play i think jonathan taylor would be the way to go and to have that extra first round pick would be the way to go so it just depends specifically on your build and um, usually you don't be looking at that as much when you're in the drafting process you usually look at it you know year on year as to see how you're you know if you're rebuilding or if you're you know challenging in that particular season but i i can see this trade from both sides and you know the, the Jonathan Taylor uh, owner now that has got Taylor in that extra first round pick I think will be very happy and I think if I had got Michael Thomas as well based on this trade I'd be very happy I think it's a, a very fair trade overall and I think you probably think the same based on, on doing the trade um, Michael Thomas is a little bit older than people would expect but um, there's no doubt that um, when he's playing especially you know with Breeze he'll be there this year but you know even if even if there is a quarterback change um in the future i think he's somebody who can be efficient with with a, a different quarterback as well as he showed with teddy bridgewater so uh, I, I think it's a, a very very smart move um to get michael thomas aboard and as we've talked about 
we expect Jonathan Taylor to come in and have an impact, but with the shortened off season this year, it mightn't happen as quickly as we expect. And we have talked as well a lot about the value and wide receivers holding that value versus the running backs value dropping off if things don't go according to plan. So an interesting trade, um, I think it's fair on both parties. Right. And we talk about Thomas being a little bit older. That doesn't mean that he couldn't easily still be putting up big seasons when Jonathan Taylor is done. The window there, both for production and for trade value for running backs is so much less so much shorter than it is for the wide receivers one of the things that we like to do and we talk on the show a lot is to be able to draft someone play them for several years have them still be young when you can trade them at their peak later on thomas is not so much that we would expect him to have any decline in his performance barring an injury for a while yet it's more a matter of two three years down the line is his trade value still going to be there now you look at someone like a julio jones cranking right along doesn't have the trade value maybe they had a couple years ago but still an early pick in all formats you really like to get the very very top players what this trade allowed us to do was to have four top 12 guys by adp we also still have a future round one and a future round two neither of which are ours so they're not tied to our own team's performance which which i always kind of like you don't like to be in a situation like you just mentioned where you win a title and then your your picks are last in all the different rounds so it doesn't necessarily mean that the guys that we got the picks from won't do well you know they very well may be the guys who win the the championship but we have that ability going forward we also have a lot of still young guys on our team so i think from that perspective adding thomas to it is a lot of fun before we get into the second half of the show, I want to let you know about our friends over at betonline.ag. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events, and there's no better place to start than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Get on in the action on this week's big UFC fight, or check out the odds for NASCAR, Formula One, and even the Premier League, and uh, obviously big UFC fight card coming up this weekend. Can't wait to get involved in the action on that. Some lit changes happening, obviously, over the last couple of days. BetOnline.ag has all the best lines for the action. Can't wait for your team to come back. BetOnline has futures odds, including win totals, division winners, and even league championships. Or check out the daily simulation for Madden and NBA 2K to watch and wager on. Visit BetOnline.ag and use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's all one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Welcome into Rotoviz Radio. I'm Dave Cabin, host of the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. I wanted to take a moment to thank you for supporting Rotoviz Radio. We love producing these shows and we hope that you love listening to them. As a thank you, Royal Podcast listeners can get 10% off of a one year Rotoviz subscription by using the promo code 2020RVRadio at checkout. We have some of the very best tools, articles, and analysts in the business and can't wait to lead you on the path to greatness. If you haven't done so yet, do us a favor and take a minute to rate and review this podcast. Thanks again for listening. Now let's get into the show. One of the consequences of making these moves, making these trades, and certainly making trades in which we were able to maintain some first round second round picks in the future is we didn't have as many of those picks in rounds that i really like as i normally do so talking about fourth round fifth round sixth round uh, those picks we were missing we moved down we had a couple of picks in round seven a pick in round 10 one of the ways that we tried to get a little bit of this value back is to target guys 
who were on our original target list. So not simply picking up falling players. I don't like to do that. I think that players who fall in drafts in many, many cases are the ones that you didn't want. The players who actually were overvalued by ADP, just grabbing those followers doesn't necessarily do you any good if all they're doing is sliding back to where they should have been anyway. But since we had a trio of guys who were original targets who were falling, we went ahead and snapped them up. Devin Singletary, our pick at 701, his ADP at the time was 512. Evan Ingram, the pick at 710, his ADP was 608. Garoppolo, the pick then at 810, and his ADP 707. Interesting guys there. I think for us, fit what we wanted to do. We've mentioned Ingram, and Dr. Budoff had a great article on the site recently about some of the injury concerns. I don't think that you should ignore those. I think that you should actually try and get Ingram below his ADP. But if you want to have a little bit of exposure to his upside, and he's actually the number four tight end according to the range of outcomes tool. So ahead of some of those other trendier players, if you want to get some exposure, get it when he falls, not when he's expensive. Garoppolo quietly with a very good season last year. Now, the flip side of that was the reason these guys were falling. People loved wide receivers in our draft. And just to give you a few of the examples, DJ Moore, the pick at 211, five spots ahead of ADP. AJ, AJ Brown, the pick at 302, nine spots ahead. Calvin Ridley at 404, almost a full round ahead. CD Lamb at 406, full round ahead. Uh, Rager, 602, two full rounds ahead. Keenan Allen, 606, a full round ahead. Robert Woods, 607, almost a round ahead. Stefan Diggs, 608. That's more than a full round. Uh, Marquise Brown, 711, almost a full round. Tyler Boyd, 712, more than a round. Uh, Justin Jefferson, 803, almost a round. There are more examples than that. Now, not every wide receiver went ahead of ADP, but the handful who didn't were some of these veteran guys who I think are going to be hard-pressed to maintain value, not really the people you're targeting in a dynasty league anyway. Colin, we've talked about the fact that if running, if wide receiver is deep, then running back is bottomless. We've talked about the way in which wide receivers are undervalued. I thought it was interesting that this particular league, an FFPC league where the format is not as favorable for receivers as it is in some others. It was interesting that this one was one where the guys like receivers, but I think that made a lot of sense. We know that receivers need to be your foundation for dynasty. Were there any picks here that really jumped out to you where you thought to yourself, yeah, that's ahead of ADP, but you really want that receiver right there. I thought you were going to ask it slightly different, but um, I'll look for that as well. But the, the key here is like, you can see some of the rookies that are going vastly like rager there is vastly ahead of adp almost you know it's two rounds and two picks so uh big jump there uh, obviously those guys you know as you mentioned moving forward can increase their value and maintain their value some of the players who mightn't be able to do that is like you know keenan allen going at 606 uh thought that a little bit high you know round ahead of adp and uh, robert woods is usually somebody who's undervalued by a round or so and uh, he went uh, almost around ahead of adp so looking through these particular picks in terms of uh, are you talking solely the players who have gone that much ahead of adp or who would i like at that particular value is that correct yeah John, pick one of those guys and say this may be ahead of adp but that's exactly where i would have taken him 
I think I would take out, out of them all. Like, I, I really like DJ Murray, like AJ Brown. The one I would have taken at the ADP is Calvin Ridley at 404. Um, like you're going, you know, you're going basically uh, around ahead off schedule, but I think that he's somebody who can improve on that ADP moving forward. Um, the rest of the players in here, I think they're pretty much uh, at peak value. I don't think that there's a huge amount to grow. Uh, the other player that I think changing teams is a concern, but Stefan Diggs is kind of you know around ahead of his ADP. Um, somebody's obviously very bullish on the, the Buffalo Bills moving forward this season with, with that pick. And as, although we do love Diggs, um, you know, we're, we're jumping a little bit high. Um, like you said, and, you know, everyone will talk about us being wide receiver focused on what we're going to try and do when we're building our teams my teams will be like that but the key with these ones is when you see players and this is what you and curtis have done that players are targeting those at much much higher value that's letting those players who are adp i'd say you know dj moore is going off at 211 so he's going ahead and that's pushing the player who should be in that range down to possibly fall to you uh in that range there was uh, two players because aj brown jumped up as well into a high range so you can kind of gain those values then is that how you've seen it as you've seen the draft kind of fall the players were dropping to you that that weren't expected to be at those spots and you know, made those decisions for you uh, very, very interesting. And then obviously when you made those decisions, we've talked about the trades that you've made, uh, picking up players who are, you know, at higher ADP based on the, the draft data that we have and players then wanting to, you know, when you're making your moves, those players are actually worth more than you actually drafted them for. So I think that fell into your favor as well, do you think? I hope so. And one of the things that we were forced into doing here, we, when we traded away Juju, which was the 312, and then got the 512 back, but then traded the 512 as well to get Dak Prescott, then we had this void in these rounds where our wide receiver targets went. And instead of chasing guys who maybe were not good values at that point, we went with some of those other players. And so then my next question for you would be, what do you think about what we ended up doing? Once we traded out that 912 in the trade that we also talked about on Tuesday, then we had the situation where we had to hope that either Landry, Kirk, or Hardman will fall would fall to us at the 1011 turn. Now, Hardman's someone who's still a little bit speculative, perhaps with the build that we had, not as heartbreaking as it might have been if we had a little bit more depth right there. We had to, ev- to, to abandon our value-based approach and finally get some of our guys. So Nikhil Harry drafted at the 10-12. LaVisca Chenault drafted at the 11-01. Chenault, when you pull up the box score scout, you see that A.J. Brown, the closest comp, Juju Smith-Schuster, the second closest comp, certainly players who are still on our target list. It may feel like Chenault is not the big name because so many receivers were drafted ahead of him still in this draft. But Chenault actually went before Brown went in his draft, before Smith Schuster went in his draft. The third closest comp, Michael Thomas, the player we've just been talking about, went ahead of where Thomas went in his draft. And in some ways, it's more impressive that Chenault went where he did, given how many players would have been there to push him down. Now, Anyone who had the chance to listen to our 100th episode, our bold predictions episode, got to hear Pat Corrine and Ben Gretsch talk about Chenault. If you missed that one, go check it out. It's probably our favorite episode. They made a couple of spectacular arguments for Chenault. If you've heard them, I think you'll go out. You'll try and get a trade offer in for him. (laughs) Colin, what do you think about those guys 
as our number two and number three receivers now that we have Thomas to sort of anchor the team well you have the anchor in Thomas uh, when you look at it you know and Keel Harry is that that's the one I, you know you have it that he is the second wide receiver I think um I'd probably be swapping him and Chenault around in terms of like if you're confident in starting week in week out um I think Chenault is all set up um my one concern is the offseason I've talked about that a, a couple of times but uh, pre-draft uh, and post-draft you know we were all well i was all over him the injury concerns were there but i've ended up with him and i think every dynasty uh, rookie draft that i've done since um so i think he's somebody who's gonna has huge potential obviously dj chark is there uh, i expect chark to be the wide receiver one but i think chenault uh, will skip over dd westbrook um straight pretty much straight away to, to kick things off here chase claypool somebody who you you targeted in one of your articles and thankfully because of that i've ended up with quite a good few shares of him as well but when we look at it i do think that after thomas there's a little bit of uncertainty there i would expect as you move through the rest of the draft that you're probably going to try and fill that up with possibly some veterans that may be you know weekly starters ahead of uh, some of these options on, on many occasions during the season the one thing looking at your roster and i hinted at the start of the show like the three quarterbacks you've ended up with so well unless they're unless they're traded away as the trades have been flying here but Dak Prescott Garoppolo and Minshew um I think um you know really solid options at the quarterback position all all young all you know should be pretty successful in the super flex format uh moving forward for the next number of years Um, then you have Christian McCaffrey Dalvin Cook two absolute studs at the running back position you have Devin Singletary who we've talked about quite a bit on the show you have uh, Philip Lindsay and then you have Terry Cohen so there's there's lots of possibilities there very strong running back core so the wide receiver core probably is the the bit at the moment that needs to be filled out but uh michael thomas uh, certainly is going to help a lot of those weeks and i think chenault and i do think there's a possibility for harry to step forward but just um still quite a bit of uncertainty based on what happened in that rookie season but the new england offense as a whole wasn't doing a huge amount of last season that might have held him back as well so uh just just not a hundred percent sure on harry um moving forward tight ends and evan ingram uh, and chris uh hendon i think they're they're both good good solid options i know uh dr budoff has done some work on on ingram and, and his injury so there's a little bit of concern there but i think pretty pretty solid at the tight end position as well and obviously important in the ffpc format but i think that you'll fill out the wide receiver position with some some veteran players is that what you think it'll progress as the, the season goes on if you want to challenge for the championship yeah so our, our last handful of picks were getting ready now just for the 20th round where we'll take our defense we were able to fill in a little bit here got golden tate to be a little bit of a a veteran backstop curtis really liked him he had a good good pace numbers last season i don't know how much we can consider what he did in 2019 to tell us about 2020 with the way that team is going to be constructed now but he also has good numbers in the range of outcomes tool you you pull up the range of outcomes you look at these giants receivers that's a little bit interesting uh slayton looks good tate looks good shepherd looks good evan ingram at tight end looks fantastic a little bit of that based on the fact that they had so many injuries there that they weren't competing for targets in quite the way that they may be this season if everybody's healthy so it could be a little bit misleading but we have that veteran option there with Tate. And then we took a couple of guys we really personally like, some blazing speed with Brashad Perryman and John Ross. 
Perryman had that huge finish to the season with Tampa Bay. He goes now, and he could really be the focal point for this Jets offense. They have Crowder underneath. They'll use Crowder underneath. He may be the target leader, but Perryman, at least until Mims is ready to take over, you know, could be that guy. We could finally see him have a little bit of that Devontae Parker-ish breakout. Former first-round pick, finally looking like he may get the job done. Ross, an interesting player, has a little bit of that Tyreek Hill to him, but hasn't had the production at the NFL level. Again, if you look at simply what he did when he was healthy last year, it paces to a pretty good overall season. But we know the the danger in looking at pace numbers. We know someone who has basically no track record before that, that a lot of red flags there. But at the point in time, uh, 19th round, someone who with the way this offense could develop now we think you know tyler boyd locked in those safe chain moving targets Boyd, an undervalued player the questions really come down to the rookie in higgins maybe a little bit overvalued certainly a challenge to get him going there uh, in 2020 aj green a real wild card formerly one of the best wide receivers in the nfl but it's you really have to go back to 2015 to see him at the point where you would consider him to be a star could be a little bit more along the lines of a larry fitzgerald type player now now that's not to say he couldn't bounce back with a big season but there are question marks there if burrow is the player that so many people think he is right away if they can show some creativity with this offense then there's some dark horse appeal here for those guys and it's just a lot of fun to to draft people who seemingly still have so much talent so much big playability you've got two of the fastest people in the nfl with those two guys also picked up gerald everett to give us a a third tight end a sleeper we like there so i think after adding those wide receiver picks i'm i'm confident i'm happy i'm at least excited about the team you don't ever want to go in and think oh you know we've got a title one even if you had the best team which certainly we may not then you can lose in the semis you can lose in the championship you want to keep building i was very impressed with our league mates in this format i think what they did at wide receiver uh, was a, a window into how strong these guys are i expect them to be very tough competitors as we go through uh, certainly pat's in the league with us and he's had a fantastic draft a lot of the other guys have as well so i, I like where we are still a lot of work to do but it's a fun roster yeah i think it is and you mentioned players they're like golden tate i think they're sort of perfect players for when you draft those young guys you know like a harry who is one season done or chenault uh, chase claypool have those guys but you're not going to really have you know week one week two week three start them with extreme confidence um and having those veterans there as well to to help get them until they're a little bit more seasoned can be a, a big boost so i think filling out the roster there as you have with those players i think you'll see um some some good weeks from them as well so really really good uh draft to follow along with and then uh very very <laughs> interested to see how it finished out i think in terms of running back and quarterback uh, cores i think this team has to be uh if not the best by a distance in the league it has to be in there challenging for that the running back room is is definitely stacked it's going to be interesting to follow along throughout the season uh, to see how things shake out but that's going to do it for today's show of course if you have enjoyed it please do subscribe uh, on your favorite podcast app give us a written and review and of course if you can share the podcast uh, help keep growing the word here for the road of his network um it's uh, great to see the numbers of all the shows uh, grow each and every week as we get ready for draft season um, and we thank you for 
tuning into each show. If you didn't listen to the show earlier this week, we talked a little bit about our Scott Fishbowl draft and our, our thoughts so far in that and talked through a number of different players. It wasn't just about the players that we drafted. We also talked about them. A lot of Zach Ertz talk, which uh, was fun to go through. Uh, so do check that out if you haven't already. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host is Sean Siegel. Check out all his great work at rotaviz.com. And we'll be back next week with another two shows starting Tuesday and then Thursday again, following that format as we get ready for the NFL season. Until we're back, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0 and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire.